Hello, my name is Miller Pike. I'm a producer and creator located in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and you are once again joining me on AP Studio Files. AP Studio Files. A podcast brought to you surrounding the conversation's art, creativity, and community in partnership with Apartment Party. Welcome to our second episode. If you're joining us for the first time, please also check out episode one featuring Anya Kapishki. And if you've already listened, welcome back. We are so grateful for your support and listening ears. Today, I am interviewing Carrie Blue, who is a teacher, curator, rapper, and songwriter originally from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and has been in New York City over eight years. He has performed all over the city, including Apartment Party, Knitting Factory, New Eurekans Poets Cafe, and pre-pandemic, hosted evenings at the Delancey full of incredible music. He is the founder of Empire State Music and Arts Festival, whose purpose has been to showcase artists and help new artists become discovered. He has music available on all streaming platforms, as well as a new album dropping soon, which we discuss. Carrie is someone I look up to incredibly in our community, and I was overwhelmed by how emotional I was speaking with him today. Please enjoy. All right, without further ado, welcome to Carrie Blue. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. It's been so wonderful to watch you this past year. Thank you. Truly. So I was definitely like when I was thinking of people I consider to be um, really like resonating in this community in like a way that we really need. I your name definitely thank you came to the top. That makes so. me feel good. I I don't know this. I, I think like you know this year has been fucking crazy. Can I say fucking? Oh, of course. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> this year has been fucking crazy, and um, I've honestly just tried my best to be the best that I can be within it. You know what I mean? Whatever that means. So I appreciate. Well, it's it. definitely really a show. So it. I, I, you know, I thank want you, you to know that for sure. So first, I just want you and your words because we've just heard in my words tell us a little about carrie carrie well i am from winston-salem north carolina we call it the trefo uh, (laughs) where i'm from and i went to appalachian state university and uh, that's where i kind of discovered my love for arts i went to appalachian state university and i was um going for medicine i wanted to be a cardiologist and or a cardiac surgeon Mm -hmm. didn't i hadn't really made up my mind and then I got there and I was like, fuck this, dude. I'm not. It was like way too much. You know what I mean? Like it was just way too much. And then I saw that like art, being on stage, theater and dance was something that just came super easy to me. And and I loved it and I was comfortable up there. Um, and I had been performing on a step team for like most of my life anyway. So I jumped into that and then I left there and I was in North Carolina for about a year and I moved to New York. And I've been in New York for probably going on nine years now. Damn. I know, dude. It's it's crazy. I'm you almost old. got your chip. I know, man. I'm, I'm, that's what I, Xandra, my partner, wants to move out. But I'm like, not before my 10 years, dude. Like, not. I got to get this. I got to be here. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, it's it's been an amazing journey. Definitely. Well, it definitely shows. I mean, like just hearing you say that you immediately felt comfortable on stage. It It definitely shows in your performances. And also just in your like ability to host. 
Thank you. Um, you know, I, I've definitely like looked up to you in terms of like Aww. the way that I host apartment parties. You make me feel so good <laughs> all the time. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Seriously though. I mean, you, you've really stood out to me in those ways, especially this past year. And I know we were talking about that like a little bit, but especially in this past year and just in terms of like somebody in, in our community who I see, I mean, God, making the best <laughs> out of some shit. Thank you. Thank you so much. Man. So kind of coming to my next point, I feel really inspired by the intersection between art and activism mm. that I've seen you kind of so delicately balance, especially this past year. Yeah. Could you uh, could you speak a little bit on how those two inform each other? I could. Um, it's funny because I was talking to my cousin, probably, I mean, I talk to him all the time, but this particular conversation, he said something that I didn't necessarily agree with. And when I, I didn't correct him, but I was like, come on, man, like, <laughs> don't right. say that, bro. Like, what's up, bro? He was like, okay, Mr. Woke Man. And I knew because it's my cousin and because woke. it's my family. Woke. Yeah. yeah. Woke Man. What woke up, Woke Man? man? <laughs> because I don't know that I was always like that, right? Mm-hmm. I went to a predominantly white school, high school. I, I had predominantly white friends. I've pre- uh, dated predominantly white women in my older ages. And not by choice, but just because that's who was around and that's who I found myself around. Right. Um, And so this transition has never really been a transition. I've always been a person who loved who I was, loved being Black, understood what we went through. Even at like an early age, I went through some crazy racist things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I've always been kind of affected by those things. But this year... I think it just hit that fever pitch for me right. where I can no longer be silent about it because, you know, it, it's about the, the what comes after this, right? Like nobody's an activist for now. We're an activist for later, right? Because there's obviously a problem now. We have to fix it so that the people who come later on are able to live in a world where we don't have to deal with the same problems. Right. Um, and so... You know, getting to the age where my friends are having kids, getting to the age where I'm thinking about marriage and kids, you start to think like, if you don't stand up and say anything, Mm -hmm. who will? And this was that year for me when I saw the video of uh, George Floyd, I I went crazy. I, I snapped. I literally snapped. There's a video on Instagram where I am bawling my eyes out. And it's ironically the most viewed video like just organically viewed video on my platform. And I was in pain. I was literally in pain. And I said, I can't do it anymore. I I have to speak up. And, uh, you know, you said one of the things that you said was like, you kind of balance it delicately, right? Right. I don't consider myself an activist, but I do consider myself a black man who understands what it is to be a black man or an oppressed person in America. And I'm not standing for that shit. Right. But I don't want to take away from those who are actually activists, because I think that that word kind of denotes a lifestyle. Right. right? And I and I do it when I can. And I, I, I try to put it in my work. But that lifestyle of being an activist is something that's very different than how I live my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and though I have a voice and, and I try to learn as much as I can and be there to support those who are activists, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself 
an activist, although I have taken action. It's a balancing act. It's definitely a balancing act. And I think you've done really well. And I think you've done really well at being, like you said, like in action mm. without necessarily, and I didn't mean to put a title on. on oh, no. Yeah. But, no. Um, but you've done like, especially with like Empire State Music and Arts Festival, which I'd like to get into a little bit next, because <laughs> I think sure. that, that the work that y'all have done there is has a lot of action behind it. Thank you. But I'd like to hear y'all you speak a little bit about Empire State Music and Arts Festival and kind of the what the drive behind that was and, and how you see that going forward. So when I moved to the city about eight years ago, uh, I was in a position where I was coming from North Carolina, which right. isn't like, there's a scene, but it's not the scene that I fit into. It was like a lot more indie rock, um, right. punk, kind of pop punk type stuff like that. And people just didn't really support hip hop unless you were like on, right? Like unless you were the guy, like baby is from Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh. And baby has, of course, people got, because he's huge, right? Mm-hmm. But like, you know, most indie rappers, hip hop artists, songwriters, it's hard to do what that in that space. So I moved to New York. And when I came up to New York, I kept getting into these situations where it just be janky promotion. Just ah. janky as hell, man. Like just pay to play kind of stuff. Right. And yeah, I'm just like, yeah. come on, man. Like what the fuck, dude? And you you pay to play and you show up and it'd be like three motherfuckers there. <laughs> right. And they would be the people that are performing. You know what I'm saying? Oh. And he would still want, I'll never forget this one time. I showed up in bumfuck Queens and this, I walk into this place. The place was nice. I was really excited. It was one of my first shows. Right. And uh, I was working at Paragon Sports. Do you know where Paragon Sports is in Union Square? I, oh God. <laughs> yeah, you just pulled a memory out of the back of my brain. <laughs> so I was working at Paragon Sports. And so I got like a lot of people from the job to like come out and support. And uh, he was charging $20 at the door. So Ooh. we walk in, there's like, two performers over here and I think they had like a couple of people with them. Mm-hmm. I probably had like 12 hey, that's people a crew. with me, right? Yeah, like <laughs> I had like 12 people uh, that were with me and um, we walk in and the first guy goes that has his little crew. Mm-hmm. First guy goes, he leaves. So the only people that are there are now the two other performers and then the people and he was still charging people $20 to get in. <sighs> And the drinks are like $30 at the bar. Right, like, it right, was just crazy. Right. You're just getting absolutely scared. And I was like, I'm sick of this, dude. Like, right. I'm sick of this. I, I like, I, I want to do it my own way. And so before I came to New York, I was working on an album. Mm-hmm. And the guy that I was working on the album with, when it was time to put the album out, he disappeared. And he disappeared with all the tracks. I didn't get it. So I had to totally re-record this entire album That's over again. Oh, it sucked. It's it was so good. And it was just so raw and just like all of the things, man. So I had to re-record it. So I met these guys, Paul and Eric. They had an indoor, like an in-apartment studio, but it was really nice. They had really great equipment and they knew what they were doing. And we formed a really close friendship. That's where I did all of my recording in the early days. And honestly, 
I really see it as that like training ground for me as an artist totally. to really just explore who I want it to be, what I want it to sound like, really understand how the, the musicianship worked and how the equipment worked and just all of those things. And um, one day I came in and I was kind of frustrated and I was like, man, I'm sick of this shit. And Paul was like, <laughs> dude, what's wrong? And I was like, bro, we got to start a showcase or something. And he was like, oh, okay. All right, you ready to go? And then he kind of just waved it off. And I was serious. I wanted to start a showcase for all of the artists, right? The indie artists that they had coming through there. Because they had so many people, different rappers, mm -hmm. you know, singer-songwriter types and all this other stuff. And they were like, okay, whatever. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And when I say I'm going to do something, I normally, I'm going to do it. Like, See, and that's what I've been seeing this whole past year. That's what I, like, have been so inspired by. No, that's amazing. Keep going. Sorry, um, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. And so I, I got in contact with the venue. I was looking for a bunch of venues. I finally got in touch with the New Eurekan Poets Cafe, and I booked the date, and I named it the Empire State Music Festival. Empire State Music and Arts Festival was started at the New Eurekan Poets Cafe. Over the last 40 years, the New Eurekan Poets Cafe has served as a home for groundbreaking works of poetry, music, theater, and visual arts, a multicultural and multi-arts institution. The cafe gives voice to a diverse group of rising poets, actors, filmmakers, and musicians. The cafe champions the use of poetry, jazz, theater, hip hop, and spoken word as means of social empowerment for minority and underprivileged artists. The community of spectators, artists, and students as a reflection of New York City's diverse population. So of course, it was the perfect place for Empire State Music and Arts Festival to call home. And so it got to the point that my partners, who actually Eric passed away, um, he passed oh, away so about a year and a half ago, two years ago, which is just crazy. I can't even like, like fathom that he's not with us anymore. But, you know, they were kind of just like, hey, like, we want to really put our attention into another place. Mm -hmm. And so they they stopped. Uh, they stopped working on it. So 2016, we didn't do it at all. Oh, OK. I didn't like, realize. At all. So from 2013 to 20. Uh, 15, we did it. 2016, we didn't do it at all. And then I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta do it. Like, I, I, I love this idea and I think it could be something like I gotta do it. And so 2017, I booked 40 artists over three days at three different venues. Uh, I did all the marketing. I did everything myself. And it, it damn near killed me. I'm not even going to. This was also around the time that me and uh, Alexandra started dating. And a um, so new relationship, <laughs> new relationship. Jump right in. 40 artists. Right. Actually, new relationship right after because I was in a relationship mm -hmm. uh, in Jan December of 2016. Mm -hmm. January of 2017, we broke up. And then for like a month and a half, I was like single. And then me and Alexandra got together. We kissed for the first time in March, which is what we're celebrating. And then we really like officially started dating later on in the month. And uh, if it wasn't for her, I would have killed myself. Like right. literally, like I would have died. Not like, you know, killed, actually taking my life. No, but, like, but it would have killed the you. The stress of mm -hmm. it was crazy, but it showed me that I could do it. Speaking of Alexandra, she has a word for us about her podcast, The Pod Broads. 
Hello, listeners of AP Studio Files. My name is Alexandra Cole, and I am the host of a podcast called The Pod Broads. It is a podcast about women in podcasting, and each week I interview a woman in the podcasting industry and talk to her about her life and work experience and how those two things intersect. As many of you probably know, this industry is still way too dominated by white men. And my goal is to make sure that I'm showcasing a diverse range of women's voices and that we're changing that because honestly, I'm tired of it. So if you want to do that with me, go ahead and check out the pod broads on all major streaming platforms. I drop episodes every Wednesday and you can follow me on podraland.com, P-O-D-D-R-A-L-A-N-D.com and Instagram at P-O-D.D-R-A-L-A-N-D. And just remember, the more we listen to and share each other's voices, the more our collective impact grows. So let's do it. I don't know if I realized there was so many artists that that oh, yeah. that year that you did it. This was completely solo. Well, because before that, we were only doing it one day at a time. Oh, gotcha. And then okay. I extended it to three okay. days. This is pre-me. The, yeah. <laughs> and so um, we extended it to three days. We had about 40 artists that week. And it went over really well. And then we had a, I had a couple of people come to me and say, hey, I want to help you with this. And they've been my team ever since. Who I mean, they're kind of in and out at times. But uh, Bex, she's also a performer, amazing performer. Kita P, who's also an amazing performer. And my friend Darren, who I've known since college, they are my team and have been my team and have come in and just helped me take it to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited. I hear Live Nation say that this summer we might get back to festivals i don't know how true that is hey maybe we'll maybe put not. it out there we'll put right? it out there like, everybody please. i would love that <laughs> i would love that but we'll see and now it's grown to a seven day uh seven day festival where we bring in probably about 40 to 50 artists a week and most of them are independent or on the cusp of blowing up. We bring in different, we've partnered with Via and Uber and Italian studios and restaurants. And it's been amazing, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm excited about pushing it and taking it to the next level. Because right when the pandemic hit, we were getting investors. We were getting people to be like, hey, we, we love what you're doing. We want to invest in this. Like, let's make this huge. Right. And then the pandemic hit. And, you know. You know, it's all going to come back. It is. I really do. I really see this as like, I mean, obviously it's been a lot. Right. Um, I'm not trying to brush over anything at mm-hmm. all. But I do see this as as a pause. Oh, yeah. You know. And I, I feel like I feel like I've seen you take that pause in a way that is like, really commendable (laughs) thank you yeah (laughs) it's tough well and it's interesting because i think you know what you're saying about taking a pause i think we had to rest it's the one thing that my mom used to tell me when i was a kid i'd be doing this and doing that and doing this and doing that and she'd be like you're not going nowhere (laughs) you're gonna stay your behind at home And sleep. That's what you're going to do. And she would ground me. Like, I would be doing six things in school and then extra commitment. Right. And she was like, no. And I think Mother Nature, the world, God, whatever you believe in, was just like, all right, I need need y'all to rest. And again, that doesn't take away from the lives that were lost because a lot of people passed away. You know what I mean? And I still like, yeah, exactly. And I think that we can also put that on the neglectfulness of 
a government that is since hopefully being disbanded and renewed and made better. But, you know, a lot of this could have been avoided, I really feel like, Uh, you know. I I a thousand percent agree. I've seen you and I've seen the, the stuff that you've been doing virtually. And I think just even being able to have the strength at this time to to plan and to execute um has been really amazing to watch um in terms of like creatively for you because obviously you have this whole side of you that is this incredible host and uh you have such a nice way of bringing together community something that i really want to continue to do myself as well but in terms of your own creativity how have you felt have you felt nurtured in the past year? I mean, have yeah. you felt inspired? I don't know what the right word is. Shit, I ain't gonna lie to you. I turned up in this pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I turned the fuck up this pandemic. Bro, really? Yeah, I did. That's awesome. I, um, I, I think what's interesting is I'm, I've always been the person that was like, if I get time, Oof. I'm going to do whatever the fuck, right? And so for me... You know, I will say that I was on unemployment for about six months. Mm -hmm. I had a really not so great break from the job that I was working at. And uh, I'm not, you know, (laughs) I loved what I did. Mm -hmm. um, And and I appreciated the work that I was able to do while I was there. And there are some people that were there that I care very much about. But the environment got to me in a way that I just couldn't function. And the job was no longer the important thing anymore. Mm. Right. Like Mm. it, it, there was a whole bunch of other stuff around me doing my job, which made it difficult to do my job. So we, I broke off and uh, I was unemployed for about six months, but (laughs) them checks was good at first. Right. Like, If we're going to keep it 100, right? Yeah, bro. (laughs) Keep it hot. I was making some bread, bro. And so I used that money, one, to get, uh, to incorporate Empire State Music and Arts Festival because before we weren't doing that. Right. Um, So I got the LLC. And then um, my accountant father is singing. Hey, (laughs) I might have to holler at him. I got some shit I got to take care of. And um, I also, around that time, had a situation with a peer, I'll I'll say a peer, that really turned me off to the idea of somebody else having control of what I do, the music that I put out. Yeah, especially after the the experience that you had last time you tried to make a whole record, I mean, that you were just speaking about. Right. Oh, damn. I didn't even make, you you making connections, (laughs) my G. You making connections. I can imagine it would put you at a space of unease. Yes. And so I was like, fuck this. I'm going to learn how to do it myself. And so I started and it's, that kind of came a little bit later. I just got those first couple of weeks and I was like, oh man, I want to rap. Like, cool, I'm going to rap. I got time to rap. I'm going to do it. And I started writing stuff and I came up with probably three tracks. And uh, one of them is actually on the record. The other two I recorded, but not in like a way that I would ever put out. They're good, but you know, and then I started playing with production and I started teaching myself piano. And I was like, I'm going to produce my own album. I never done it before. Amazing. Never, ever done it before. Um, But I was like, I'm going to put my mind to it. I'm going to figure it out. 
and I'm, I'm going to produce this from beginning to end. And so if you've never used Splice, Mm-hmm. really dope platform right they have musical loops they have sound effects they have a bunch of stuff i started building loops out right and and that's how i was making beats at first and then i would take those loops and i would break them down and then i would take those uh broken down pieces and i would figure out like how to arrange them so the way that i wanted them and so it really just led to me being able to kind of produce you know, these songs from scratch, from beginning to end, and really hone in a sound that I don't think I had before. My sound was normally with the producer that I was working with. Right. Um, And whatever we cultivated together, that's what it was. But I think this is the first time I sound like myself. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, I got a lot of time to just spend with me. And, and, and that creative process has been, amazing and around this album i'm doing a couple of things uh where i'm starting a cooking show because i was like you know what What? i really want to like i want to go beyond the music kind of Mm -hmm. and so with this show uh, me and my big brother tuan we decided to create recipes for each song Mm. And so I'm going to record an episode and not only talk about the song, but cook the actual recipe on camera and put that out as content. I also started a documentary when I first started, you know, recording things. And when I first got to the place where I was like, okay, I'm making something. I started to record everything. So I'm going to put all of that together and put that out as like a documentary of uh, like episodes, like three minute, four minute episodes. Amazing. And so it's been, man, this, this, this pandemic has really like, yeah, turn the fuck up, dog. (laughs) I'm so excited to hear that. I mean, obviously like I've seen people and I've seen, you know, work from yourself out and about, but it's like, you never really know. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were speaking about uh, doing this interview and you were like, Oh God, a full album coming out. I'm like, yeah. all right, well, I want to hear about that. Cause you just wrote a full album this quarantine. You want to tell the people what the album is called? The album is called the game is the game. Awesome. Um, Do we have a release date? Very close. I, I'll say right now, June 1st, June 1st, June Amazing. 1st. We're believing the entire album will be ready and in your, you know, DSPs. Love it. And I have a single coming out called Think, which will be March 30th, which I'm really, really, really excited about. Right after we release this podcast. Ooh, so I love perfect. this. See? That's going to be perfect. Won't he do it? <laughs> that's going to be amazing. Yeah, it, it's, it's worked out that uh, Think was actually the first song that I wrote in quarantine. It feels really nice to, to see you know, that entire year come to come to fruition and come to a head. And, and I'm excited about it. I it really is a am. year. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to hear that. I'm I'm I really appreciate you being here today. Of course. Um, Thank you for having truly, me. Truly like <laughs> so, so nice to talk to you and so nice to hear that you've connected, man. Sounds yeah. like it sounds like you kind of like shed some stuff. I did. Which is great. I um, did. I'm so happy. I feel like I feel like some people I talk to, they're like, "I'm doing really well." Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, like everyone's like a little embarrassed. Yeah. Like I, I told my therapist the other day, I was like, "I'm doing good." Yeah, I'm thriving right now. <laughs> I'm thriving. I appreciate it. <laughs> um. So then, just coming to kind of my last question, which is sort of my thesis project right now: What does joy? look like in a community setting going forward for you uh i was thinking about this question uh because i remember you posting it on instagram honestly it's hard for me to say 
because I think I often find joy just around people in general, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And just being together with other people, like-minded people, maybe not even like-minded people, but just people right. in general, I think is going to be such a joyous and infectious thing, right? Like even even now, just like looking at your face, like, please, yes. God, I need it. <laughs> like I that just that sentiment is so important to me because I am a people person. I'm a performer. I feed Mm. off of the crowd. And, and when we're able to connect in a way that is uniquely human again, right? Like shows are like, like when you, when somebody comes to a show or when we have that, Oh, I can't forget to tell you the story. (laughs) Oh my God. I can't forget to tell you the story. And I'll use this as an example. The last time I performed here, was when my student passed away. I've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah. Actually, I was I was I was kind of debating whether to bring that up or not. But yeah, I yeah. actually that that performance is one of the your vulnerability is It makes me want to cry like, thinking about it right now. Oh my god, dude. It. There's actually a picture Tucker took that I always think of and it's literally you just like I think you have tears in your eyes and you're just like oh hands god, are up dude. and you're you know screaming out. Yeah, I that performance was probably the hardest thing I had ever done even as a performer up until now it's still one of the hardest performers because I remember telling you I don't want to cancel on you like you've been so amazing to me I'm not going to cancel and I remember being like you need to go home home." I was like go home Um, but just being in that setting Mm. and the energy that you get as a performer when all eyes are on you and not just for attention's sake Right. But they're invested in the, yeah, and in the vulnerability that you're putting out and they're connecting and it's reflecting inside of them and they're seeing what you're going through because they've also gone through something. And you're just, that connection is so uniquely human, right? No other animal species that I know of on earth does that. Right. Right. Unless we're talking about Lion King and it's at Pride Rock. Like <laughs> that's the only thing that I know of. And so that, right, is joy to me. Mm. That connection uh that we get when we are able to see our reflections in other people and connect in just a way that is so uniquely human. That's joy for me. And and being able to to just you know, be around and be of comfort and, and, and just smile and laugh and, you know, debate and all the things that we call normal, but is honestly just life. Right. And what we do and, and how we act. I'm, I'm so excited for it. And that makes that, that seems to be joy for me. I would have to say just that connection, man. I feel, I mean, I feel like my, my interpretation of that is very similar to yours as well. Just that ability to, to be inherently together. Mm, Yeah. Um, And actually from that, this is what I meant to tell you from that apartment party, uh, there were two guys that were there and I can't, I feel horrible because I can't think of his name right now, but he hit me up not too long ago, probably about a month and a half ago. And he was like, yo, I saw you at apartment party. I'm doing like a little bonfire in my backyard and um, I want you to come because the way you were vulnerable that night was the craziest thing. And so it was from apartment party 
that I was able to get like one of my only shows because he paid me for the job too. Oh my God. I, I was love like, bro, it. you don't have to do that. He's like, nah, bro. Like I'm giving you this money, bro. Like you better take this money. And I was like, all right, bro, I'm not mad at you. You know, it's from apartment party that, you know, I was able to connect with other people. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? I, I, it's something I miss every single day. That's a um, fact. That's <laughs> I can't a fact. wait to get back to that. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank one. you for having me. It's, it's been amazing. I feel, I feel my heart feels so full right now. <laughs> Good, man. Um, I'm, I'm glad. Me too. Uh, tell the people where to find you, where to follow you, where oh, to look for you. Okay. Um, you can follow me at, on Instagram at kbluemusic, K-B-L-U music. Um, and you can also go to my website, www.kbluemusic.org, and you can get all the things there, all my releases, amazing. link trees and videos and, you know, all of that good stuff. So thank you again. Thank you so much. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. AP Studio Files can be found on all your streaming platforms. Please share with your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at AP Studio BK. Our host is Miller Pike, technical producer Anya Kapishki, photographer Tucker W. Mitchell. Today's theme music is by Fab the Duo and research by H. Connolly. Special thanks to Corey Germain, Rachel Kreeberg, Tim LaSalle, and Alexander Cole. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been an AP Studio production in association with Apartment Party.